1: people have been bitching lately um about us not talking about klaus schwab and the and the world economic forum so we're gonna do that and for that i needed a guest host that was a big enough piece of shit <laughs> to follow all of this nonsense, uh, and be involved in research and conspiracy theories and such.
2: Well, I had a leg up on that because Sean actually already did a lot of the research for one of the con men episodes. Oh shit. So is this all in Spanish? <laughs> <laughs> yeah no it was all misspelled the first
1: time. Around, <laughs> it's like fucking just crudely drawn pictures. <laughs> I had to translate from, from crayon hieroglyphs. that would be funny man i want I want to do that. I wish I was back in fucking uh school, so somebody like a teacher asks a question on a test, and I just draw a crudely drawn caveman painting to represent it
2: and then when she has a problem like, oh, that's the language of my people so <laughs> I mean it seems like that's kind of the direction it's going anyway. I swear the the younger the person is that I'm talking to, the more emojis they use in a text, and I don't understand what the fuck it means. Talking to a lot of young people, huh? Uh, yeah, occasionally. You know, my grooming practices. Grooming. Uh, you're a dog groomer? <laughs> yeah. We'll
0: or people.
1: <clears throat> so, yeah, it is uh, coming full circle. We started out with hieroglyphics, uh, cave drawings, and then we developed language, literature, and now we're back.
2: Yeah, it looks like a lot of stuff's going backwards, because one of the things that I noticed when I was researching this is a lot of it, it seems to be pushing us back towards uh, an updated form of feudalism.
1: Yeah, that's kind of what that whole idea of you'll own nothing and you'll be happy, right? I mean, think of um, a much less polite version of Downton Abbey, Yeah, where this old dude fucking owns what would effectively be a city. And everybody in the city works for him. Yeah. Like, no matter what you're doing, if you're farming on that land, like, technically you own the land, but not really. Because he can just take it from you whenever he wants. Yeah. And he gets a percentage of all the sales. As a matter of fact, uh, he, he, they, they usually would, <clears throat> if, you have, if you're producing a commodity, the commodity goes to the city first before you make any money. And then you can sell. I mean, you're, you're trading and stuff, but not like you would if you were trading with somebody next door. Or in a city next to her. (coughs) Excuse me. Um, The World Economic Forum. So give us an intro into the World Economic Forum, what this is.
2: Well, the World Economic Forum, or WEF, is an international lobbying organization founded in 1971 by German economist Klaus Schwab. Originally known as the European Management Forum, the WEF changed its name in 1987 to match their broadened vision of influencing policies outside of Europe. And from my understanding, it started off with the goal of just, uh, like I said, influencing poli- policies within Europe. But after a number of years, they realized that if they started bringing in uh, like high-level business owners mm-hmm. and politicians from all over the world, they could affect a much broader scale of of policies (laughs) yeah according to the official wef website the organization is focused on three primary goals and these are all some kind of shortened up quotes directly from the website so the first one is mastering the fourth industrial revolution which apparently we're in right now with the you know the automation uh, and shit yeah so, quote, over the next decade, we will witness changes tearing through the global economy with an unprecedented speed, scale, and force. Our activities address the ways these things change and affect our lives and how they are reshaping uh, economic, social, ecological, and cultural contexts. You notice know how they
1: didn't actually say anything? Yeah. It's that, like a, an advertisement for a fucking, uh, uh, what was that, Sunstream? Is that the company, Rob, from fucking 30 Rock?
0: yeah uh, uh steve martin's yeah yeah that just never did anything. it's like
2: synergy yeah <laughs> the fucking what the fuck that's what i noticed about a lot of the yeah the wordage that they were using on the wef website is the vast majority of it is just a bunch of yeah bullshit well jargon. they used to be a
1: lot more direct and uh uh descriptive on the site about transhumanism and things like that and they've been systematically pulling those definitions to off offer their website over the last. Yeah, the transhumanism
2: months. stuff. I I wasn't even able to find any real yeah. references to it on the wef <laughs> website. Yeah. So the next one is solving the problems of the global commons. Quote: There are more challenges that require global consensus than ever before. Our communities tackle global problems with new models of public uh, public private cooperation and the application of breakthrough science and technology. Solution. Now, when
1: they say public private uh, <laughs> cooperation. They don't mean buy-in from communities. They mean uh, the leaders that they try to fund to get into positions of power, and the businesses that they try to control in the same way, yeah. but not p- actual human beings. Yeah, I just want to be clear about that because they—I haven't been invited to any to Davos at all, <laughs>
2: <Not> <laughs> well, I, once. It's pretty expensive. We'll talk about the the costs associated with membership later, and it's it's definitely for the elite. I've got a bunch of nice uh, information
1: on. On Klaus Schwab too, uh, as a human being, which
2: isn't great. But anyways, so the the third one is addressing global security issues. We are seeing the world's worst refugee crisis since the Second World War, violent terrorist acts driven by extremism, increasing geostrategic competition, regionalism, and new antagonists eroding global solidarity. The forum works to develop strategies for leaders to respond to the rapidly changing security landscape. Okay, so global solidarity is a fucking pipe
1: dream. Oh absolutely. It's it's like communism or any utopian society and the only way that you can achieve what they would consider the tenets of uh any any utopian society whether it's communism or anything else is by like harsh authoritarianism. That's the only way that you can even get there. And then it's that doesn't really work. You know what I mean? It doesn't matter how good the result is if Anybody who doesn't want that result just gets murdered. Everybody else is like, ah, that kind of sucked, man. I <laughs> no, don't know if we're going to deal with that or not. People have fought back against uh, a tyranny that doesn't really affect them over and over throughout the course of human history.
2: Uh, I think that's one of the reasons that transhumanism was part of their overall charter is because really it's, it's not realistic for th- this level of uh, cooperation mm-hmm. across the globe without having some sort of changes to I mean, pretty much our our basic genetic structure.
1: Right. <clears throat> um, a quick definition of transhumanism is a philosophical and intellectual movement, which advocates for the enhancement of the human condition by developing and making widely available sophisticated technologies that can greatly enhance longevity and cognition. Uh, it also predicts the inevitability of such, te- such technologies in the future. So they're talking about implanting
2: shit in your brain. Yeah, that's like the, uh, what is it, Neuralink that Neuralink, Elon yeah. Musk is working on? Or biological things as well, like trying to reshape the human condition, I suppose. Yeah, um, I think that is ultimately mm-hmm. inevitable. I don't, I don't see any way that, uh, outside of wiping ourselves out, I think it's just going to happen naturally over the course of the next you know, 50 to 100 years.
1: Yeah, maybe. I mean, look, I, I'm happy for all this to happen, to be honest. I am too. Uh, like, the breakdown of society is going to be so much fun. And I don't want to miss it. I don't want to be in hell and look up and be like, man, they're really fucking having fun up there. You <laughs> know what I mean? It'd be like missing Woodstock or something. What? You want full Mad Max, don't you? I sure do, yeah. As a matter of fact, so I went to see the Batman last night. Uh, the car was dope. The movie is the worst movie I've ever seen. It's li- it, it literally is the worst movie that I have ever seen in my fucking life.
0: That sounds like hyperbole. Uh,
1: it's not hyperbole. Have you seen Gremlins 2? The amount of money that they spent on it and the cast and stuff. Now, Robert Pattinson as Batman was good. I thought he was really good. He didn't overplay the voice too much. Mm-hmm. Very physical. But the scenes, there were, there were not enough gadgets at all. That's what Batman is, is tech, in my opinion. Um, <clears throat> the fight scenes were brief. And they were only against fucking like red shirts. It was only against like, you know, red shirts from star Trek, the guys that die first, the main villains, he didn't really fucking fist fight any of them. There weren't any that could fist fight him. So I don't know. I, it, it it felt dumb. This, the movie was about an hour too long. Um,
2: Oh yeah. Isn't it something like two and a half hours? Yeah. And they were really just,
1: I mean, the entire movie was basically to set the stage for two more movies. That's, that's what it really was. And that's, Batman Begins was kinda like that, but they still had a pretty compelling antagonist. Mm-hmm. I think.
2: The training montages were cool.
1: Yeah. All of it was cool. The fight all the fight scenes from him leaving uh or whatever the fuck, I don't know what it what it was really called. Uh, <clears throat> but him leaving there and then fighting people with mental illnesses on the street, which is what <laughs> fucking Batman does. To uh, uh, developing the equipment and all that shit. And Batman Begins, it was really good. And then Liam Neeson's character was good as well.
2: Oh, uh, Ross Al Ghoul?
1: Yeah. <clears throat> uh, anyways, so the WEF believes that periods of global instability, such as the COVID pandemic, present opportunities for large scale changes to society. Um, a quote on the official WEF, WEF website from former Klaus, from founder Klaus Schwab states, uh, the pandemic represents a rare but narrow window of opportunity to reflect, reimagine, and reset our world. Uh, the idea behind this is what's known as the "quote-unquote" great reset.
2: Now, it's <laughs> really not wrong that in in times of you know widespread chaos, that's generally the best time to to try and implement these new sweeping reforms. Yeah, uh, I still think that the morality behind it is a little questionable.
1: Well, I mean, if you the best time to conduct a uh, security review and improvements is after an attack as well. So mm-hmm. it's not I mean that that does kind of go one thing does precede the other but uh yeah, it's problematic in a, in a lot of ways because of the what what it is they're trying to accomplish not so much their strategy. Uh, yeah. Uh the <clears throat> the other part of that is uh, a lot of people, you, you can tell when something is truly evil if the government and legacy media try to cover it up. So that you you bring up The Great Reset. Let's say you just went on as a guest on CNN and started talking about The Great Reset. Aaron Burnett or Brian Stelter were like, oh, fucking, uh, Great Reset. He literally wrote a book. It's a pretty manly voice for Brian Stelter. <laughs> well, that's true, yeah. That's true. <clears throat> Klaus Schwab literally wrote a book titled The Great Reset.
2: Yeah, and he's mentioned it in multiple yeah. articles. Like, he's for like Time. And...
1: It's like uh, when uh, God, what's that little worm? That little fucking short, dumpy retard in Congress um, said that Antifa was not real. It's not real. It's oh, not a real yeah, thing. it's just an idea. It's just not uh, Nadler. I think his name was Jerry Nadler. Uh, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not sure. Um, yeah, he said it's not real, and then in the background, it's like people with an Antifa symbol on their shirt. Like, how many people have to wear the same shit in a group for that to be a thing?
2: I mean, they're flying flags. They yeah. have organized chapters across yeah. the U S like you don't have some um, sort of work. You don't have
1: a membership roster, so you don't count as a group. Like okay. where does Al Qaeda have a fucking spreadsheet somewhere <laughs> with all their memory and like their stats and shit. Like, Oh, Habib is five foot seven. But
0: yeah, maybe fuck? it's like fraternity life where the guys who had bad grades, you just kept them off the roster. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's
1: hidden in all that porn though.
2: Oh,
0: from
1: what that I to yeah. that. That is true.
2: Um, all right. So tell me about the Davos meeting. So the WEF holds an annual meeting in Davos, Davos, or Davos, Switzerland, which brings together thousands of investors, business leaders, politicians, economists, celebrities, and journalists. It's actually very similar to the Bilderberg Group, which is something else that Klaus <clears throat> Schwab used to be associated with. Uh, I think he was running the Bilderberg Group for a while back before it became common knowledge.
1: Well, yeah, it was before Alex Jones made it a household name and then they had to change everything and the fucking WEF. That's what really happened.
2: Yeah. That it seems like that's what the WEF is turning into is just a, a new more Mm. apparently more effective version of the Bilderberg group. Yep. The annual meeting in Davos has received criticism over the years for multiple reasons, including the cost of security, which is paid for in part by the Swiss government that this is actually like, like paid for by the Swiss citizens, because that's, they're getting government funds for it, which pissed a lot of people off. Yeah, I would imagine so. The environmental <laughs> footprint uh, footprint of the meeting due to the number of private jets used to reach Davos, and I think that that's also kind of ironic, because one of their biggest, uh, one of the things that they push the most is all of these new green, environmentally friendly Ideas that they want to put in place when they're doing exactly what everybody does when they go to any of these um, environmental summits. that they're all taking a bunch of private jets there, putting yeah. that much more uh, carbon into the atmosphere. Yeah,
1: here's, here's the, <clears> throat> so throat> they think that moving to green as quickly as possible is the, is the safest, most secure thing that we can do as a society, right? That's that's because they believe in climate alarmism. But if that's the case, shouldn't we if there if there is a humanitarian parcel to that package, and these the same group of people are trying to get us into a war with Russia, why not just use American fuel exclusively until we have green energy? Put the onus on us to get it done.
2: Yeah, exactly.
1: Right. I mean, it's, it doesn't make any sense the way we're doing this shit.
2: And, well, I mean, the to me, the idea that or the the claim that they make <laughs> that this is all a humanitarian effort doesn't make any sense because when you're making these massive changes to the energy infrastructure, mm. it's going to increase the costs of everything from the mm. ground up. As soon as you switch away from, oh. uh, I mean, you can see with the rising gas prices right now. Everything's going to start getting more expensive, and the people that that is going to affect the most are going to be the poorest people in in the nation. So really by doing this, it's not a humanitarian effort at all. It's putting that much more pressure on the, you know, lowest rungs of of society.
1: Yeah. If you're, I mean, stop being poor and buy a Tesla, you little bitch. Yeah. (laughs) I wish they would just say it like that. Instead of being like, oh, I don't mind $15 gas. I I drive a Tesla. Why not just say like, hey, you little fucking poor. Fuck you. Stop being poor. Yeah. Like I I really wish they, because then I would at least get the laugh. Now I'm just like, what? That's gross, dude. I can't believe you said that.
2: I, I honestly can't believe that that joke got through on Stephen Colbert. Like, nobody thought that that was tone deaf, like, at any step of the process. Well, who's
1: going to say something to him? That guy's been smelling his own farts for so long. It's like, <laughs> he doesn't know what, what funny is. And he, I haven't heard him say anything funny. But remember his reaction when uh, Jon Stewart came on the show and started correcting him oh, about a lot yeah. of things? And he was like, uh, that's not true. And
0: John Stewart's like, yeah, it's very true, actually. Yeah. He's like, he, oh, God. whoa!" Colbert's never been funny as himself no he's been f- he, he was, was
1: funny as a caricature of a trump supporter yes
0: he was as funny as that and he was funny literally acting in strangers with candy i was gonna
2: say strangers he's with candy, candy never was good.
0: ever pulled off just be and even when he was a correspondent on the daily show mm. he was basically playing a caricature like he was always like a character mm. he, he's not he he was he's extremely ill suited for that job
2: yeah yeah well what are you gonna do fuck him so the third thing that the Davos meetings are, get criticized of is a lack of financial transparency combined with the organization's tax-exempt status. Yeah, so that,
1: that part's super weird. Yeah. Uh, why, would they be ta- why would an international organization like that be tax-exempt? Or why would they be collecting revenue in the first place? Yeah. What, what's the product that they're selling exactly?
2: Uh, from what I can tell, the product that they're selling is, is membership. You get access to a club that, you know put you in contact with all these other major world players that you know you're able to try and push your own agenda pretty sure. much well fuck it
1: <clears throat> um let me see hold on a second let's see board of trustees i want to talk oh there's a long bit about klaus schwab okay we'll get to him in a little bit <clears throat> um They've received quite a bit of criticism for the amount of influence they hold over uh, corporations and democratic institutions, along with their unclear decision-making process and membership criteria. We've, we, I mentioned uh, the first half of that before. When when they say that they're uh, trying to, <clears throat> I mean, they literally say they're trying to push globalism uh, in the form of co- private public partnerships. Yeah, and that's what it is. It's it's they're trying to peddle influence over people yeah. by using governments and, and com- companies to do it. It's like a weird, that's why everybody's like, oh, you're fucking communists or whatever. It's not, we're, we're not, we're seeing a new type of authoritarianism now that is part corporatism and, I mean, it's certainly not communism. It's it's more like fascism and corporatism combined. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> let's see. The forum believes that a globalized world is best managed by a self-selected coalition of multinational corporations, governments, and civil society organizations leading to, con- uh, leading to concerns of unelected officials influencing global policies. I mean, that's happening inside the United States already. Like, the CDC is the one that tried to put that ban on vac- unvaccinated people getting jobs. It was a regulatory thing. It wasn't a law. So that shit's un- un- <coughs> unelected people... <laughs> Just extended yesterday, just extended the fucking mask mandate on planes for a month for no fucking reason. Like literally no reason. We know that the masks that everybody are wearing don't work. Like a, a properly fitted N95 helps some for about two hours maybe, but the ones that we all wear don't do shit. Like, for maybe 15 minutes. I, I don't
2: understand the reasoning behind that. Like, uh, what, are, what are they getting out of it? Is it just exerting control or still trying to, to keep fear going to? I mean, it's got to have something to do with control, right?
1: I think it's that they want to get patted on the back for, for uh, stopping the, that mandate. I think they want to get a pl- an applause break for stopping that mandate, and they're not going to get it right now while Russia is invading Ukraine. So I think they want to get clear of that situation. So they, it'll be that'll be the thing that's happening April eighteenth, and not something else. Oh, that's okay. my so opinion. It's,
2: it's just for clout. Uh, it, it's it's like more <clears throat> moral grandstanding.
1: It's a time so, but it's a time between the primaries and general elections, and the in the mid midterm election, where campaigns really started getting into gear. So you push it to then. And coming out of the gate, all your fucking libs can say, Oh fucking look, look what we did. All the jobs are coming back. Like people are posting memes over the past couple of weeks of <clears throat> like the the uh job creation, job growth last year. Like giving people let not even giving them their jobs back, letting people go back to work businesses that you shut down that's not creating jobs bitch yeah like you can't that's like fucking the dumbest shit i've ever heard but people are are really buying into that stuff as as an excuse i mean right now they're super embarrassed that they voted for joe biden they're trying to find ways to explain like oh look it's not that bad you did this stuff all right in 1988 Greece and Turkey signed the Davos uh, Declaration, which normalized relations and prevented war from breaking out between the two countries. Um, at the '94 meeting, Isra- Israel Foreign Prime Minister Shimon Peres and PLO Chairman Yasser Arafat reached a draft agreement on Gaza and Jericho. In 2017, for the first time since its inception, the meeting in Davos included a head of state from the People's Republic of China, President Xi Jinping, during this speech, Xi Jinping portrayed China as a leader in environmental causes and denounced movements that aimed to introduce tariffs and hinder global commerce. Uh, that he means um, Donald Trump. <laughs> That's he should have just said it if yeah. he wasn't a fucking pussy. Um, because Trump butt fucked China and gave us a trade deficit with them for the first time in like fifty fucking years. Yeah. Um, Jinping also warned that no one would emerge as the winner in a trade war, adding, quote, China has no intention to boost its trade development by devaluing Chinese currency by launching a trade war. <sighs> They've been manipulating currency forever. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we've been in a fucking... Is there, a such, is there such a thing as a fucking... um As a, uh, what do you call it? A uh, cold trade war?
2: <laughs> I, I mean, you know there mean? must be, because that's what we've been in the middle of with China for quite a while now. Yeah. Uh, I mean, just from the 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 list of names, you can see so far that these meetings have been uh, a gathering of extremely powerful and influential people since at least the mid to late '80s, where there's actual <laughs> world leaders there going there uh, going to negotiate deals, and uh, this involves the leadership of the WD, uh, WEF also. So somehow these guys are acting as politicians in a, in a certain way
1: <clears throat> yeah if any of these people are um for, if you're a member of the wef um and you were involved in the davos declaration or the meeting between shimon perez and yasser arafat or <clears throat> uh anything uh, approaching that and you're an american citizen you violated the logan act which prevents private citizens from negotiating foreign policy Without express written consent of Major League ba- or of, uh, the president, um, really, I'd never heard of that one before. Yeah, it's called the Logan Act by Ted Theodore Logan. I
0: think. <laughs> 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 Nothing to do with Wolverine.
1: No. Uh, so that begs an interesting question because it sounds like they're kind of doing the UN's job there. Which is interesting because they, they previously had a relationship with the U.N.
2: Uh, they, they still do, and I think that the relationship with the U.N. has become a, a bit more secretive mm. than it was before because they, there's obviously concerns about the amount of influence that you know, this random group of, of oligarchs pretty much uh, are like all the influence that yeah. they're having over world policy. So the WF had observer
1: status with the UN Economic and Social Council until 2012 when it was revoked. I'm not and sure actually, why.
2: I couldn't find why it was revoked either.
1: <clears throat> Probably because people were asking about it. Yeah. Or they ended that program because in June of 2019, the UN signed a strategic partnership framework with the WEF to accelerate the implementation of the 2030 Agenda for Sustainable Development. Now, this is the thing that Biden's always talking about. If you don't think this White House is compromised by the World Economic Forum, then why are they using the same number? Why yeah. are they using the same date as a benchmark for getting clean energy uh, to the the top uh, uh, used? Yeah, you know what I mean. Like you can't do that. If two or three of your friends show up and be like, "Hey, we should go to fucking Taco Bell," and every, they're all saying, "Like you guys fucking had a conversation before this, and you wanted to go to Taco Bell," Well, guess what, bitch? I'm in. <laughs> uh, <sighs> following that partnership uh, being announced. In June of 2019, UN Secretary General Antonio uh, Guterres, maybe? Uh, yeah, I think it's Guterres. I, I, it would be funnier if it was UN Secretary General Antonio Banderas. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't understand why that's not the case. Desperado uh, in charge of the UN? Yeah, Union. he's got like a fucking, he's just walking around with a fucking get car, guitar case over. Yeah. <laughs> Gutierrez said, the new strategic partnership framework between the United Nations and the World Economic Forum has great potential to advance our efforts on key global challenges and opportunities, from climate change, health and education, to gender equality, digital cooperation, and financing for sustainable
2: development. Now, isn't it strange that the UN is making partnerships with some nonprofit group? Yeah, honestly, I think we should burn that fucking building to the ground.
1: Um The UN and I I think we should also burn WF to the ground. Like you don't I've seen every rung up the ladder of leadership, whatever it happens to be, right? And government or or influence maybe or power, every time you take another step up on the power chain, it gets more corrupt. Mm -hmm. And what do we think? A global government is gonna be better somehow. Are you fucking kidding me? Like this is the dumbest shit I've ever seen. And people need to be ready uh, to burn things. Literally burn them. Um, There's five key elements to the strategic partnership framework. Uh, Financing the 2030 agenda is first. So mobilize systems and accelerate finance flows towards the 2030 agenda and the UN sustainable, sustainable development goals. So the UN is... Alongside the WEF, somehow raising money. I don't know from whom, because we pay for ninety percent of the UN uh to implement these global goals that I don't recall any of us having a say in. You know what I mean? Like the UN has no fucking authority here or jurisdiction and neither does the WEF. And if one of those assholes comes here and tries to tell me what to do, then I'm gonna punch him in his fucking face. And if he just he tells one of our politicians what to do and they try to come tell me what to do. I'm going to punch them in their fucking face like Uh, that. Fuck that shit. We don't take orders from other countries.
2: Yeah. That's the, that's the real threat of groups like this is Mm. the, the inordinate amount of influence that they have over countries that they're, they're not even a part of. Like we're, we're letting not just unelected officials, uh, unelected us citizens, um, make decisions for Mm. us. We're also letting foreign business people uh, make decisions for us. And
1: this isn't new. To the world, I mean, the Catholic Church did this for a long time as well, uh, and it wasn't just about religious practices, but it was about ec- economics and shit as well. Mm-hmm. Like they decided who got invaded and who did it for a long time. Yeah, um, <clears throat> it's just the difference now is uh, people's religion is globalism, and they've they've come to believe in it because being a global citizen makes you a good person. That's what it's all about. It's always about moralizing, like, oh, what do you mean you don't want fucking some dude that you know his fucking family's been banned from the country because they keep blowing shit up to come in and live next door to you like no, I don't <laughs> I don't care for that no
2: yeah uh, i think a lot of people fall into that because something needs to take the place of religion mm-hmm. people need some sort of goal to work towards and some sort of some sort of larger group to be a part of to feel fulfilled yeah
1: 100% 100% uh, number 2 climate change achieve clear course. measurable and public commitments from the private sector to reach carbon neutrality by 2050, uh, help create public private platforms in critical high emitting sectors and scale up the services required to uh, adapt to the impacts of climate change. Um, Yeah, that's their, that's another big part of their religion. If, Mm -hmm. if globalism is the religion, then climate change is Jesus for these people. (coughs) Um, Health. Support the health and well-being of countries during key emerging global health threats that require stronger multi-stakeholder partnership and action. That is to say, forced vaccination. Yeah. That's what that means. And digital passports. That's what that means.
2: Yeah, when we start talking about the, the attendees and members of the WD, uh, WEF, especially on their board of trustees, there's a very direct link mm. to both Pfizer and Moderna.
1: Yeah. Uh, like a current link, yeah. not, not like a past link. Oh, they were, they, used to, they went to college together. Like, no, they went to dinner together last night. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see, digital cooperation, another problematic thing, foster partnerships and coalitions for full participation and equal opportunities of women uh, at all levels of decision making and for productive participation of women in the labor force. What the fuck does that have to do with digital cooperation?
2: Now, see, I think that was just thrown in there to make all, all the rest of it look good. Like, that's more moral grandstanding like oh you know if they're if they're this worried about uh you know women's rights Mm -hmm. they they must be good it's like the you know incels that talk about being a feminist when really they'd be a rapist if they had the chance yeah
1: (laughs) well we've all got the chance uh (laughs) education and skills promote public private partnerships to address global reskilling global reskilling learn to code uh, and lifelong learning for the future requirements for work and empower youth with competencies for life and decent work. Uh, since the strate- uh, Strategic Partnership Agreement was signed, over 400 civil society organizations and 40 international networks have called on the UN Secretary General to end it. Uh, opponents of the agreement between the WF and UN warned that, quote, it delegitimizes the United Nations and weakens the role of states in global decision-making. That's absolutely true. Yeah, I mean, the, that's ultimately their goal, though. The UN is run by <clears throat> um, no one in particular, actually, but it's, I mean, it's run by by influence peddled through governments. Mm-hmm. The WEF is run through influence peddled by no one that was ever elected to shit, Yeah, right? And that's what they want to do. They want to take, they want to accumulate power at the UN and then slide it on over to their buddy over here who has no, uh, that nobody has any recourse. Like, what do you got to do? Sue them?
2: Yeah. And Klaus Schwab himself has openly said that uh, I don't remember the exact quote, but he said <laughs> that he thinks that governments are outdated, that mm-hmm. they need to be replaced. Yeah. And, I'm, and that's I'm, with a self selected group of, of high powered people.
1: Uh, I think maybe he's right about the first part. <laughs> and that instead of uh, replacing the governments, we just do the way with them entirely and we figure it out again. I think it would be a anarchy? good. Not anarchy. No. I just think that. Uh, Remove government entirely, there was, there's going to be some pain, and let people figure it out again. There's a, there's a lot of benefit to figuring out again, to going back to the drawing board and relearning the movements you do when you work out or perform an activity, or go, go back and take a refresher class in the math that you're doing or something. I think that's a really useful tool. Mm-hmm. And it also <laughs> has the added benefit, of exposing people who haven't been exposed to it, to the process of learning that shit and going through the struggle of learning it. Oh yeah. So I think every, instead of the tree of Liberty being refreshed from time to time with the blood of patriots and tyrants, maybe uh, we just start over. Mm -hmm. Like why? Like a a great reset of sorts. (laughs) Not one that he, that, that is, that sounds really good because people know something's wrong and they're all super unhappy about it. And a great reset sounds like, oh, we're going to get back to normal. Reset means going back to where we were. Mm-hmm. That's not at all what the World Economic Forum is talking about. They're talking about, uh, I, I guess, going back to the Roman Senate. That's what they really want to do? That, yeah, I mean, that would be the, the closest yeah. example I, could, I, mean, they I were, could think of. They owned most of the businesses and property, and they also ran the government. So that that's the, uh, that's the closest thing I could think of.
2: And they were also the... The military leaders, too. Yeah. They, they played all of the roles.
1: Um, although corporate influence has long been present in the UN system, the partnership between the UN and WEF greatly increases the risk of corporate leaders gaining further influence over the heads of the UN. Obviously. Uh, before we get into who some of these fucking turds are, um, I'm going to do some ads. So sit there and shut the fuck up. Mind your damn business. Um, what day is it? <clears throat> oh, we only have a today. Good. Right now, Ghostbed is offering 40% off Ghostbed bundles where you get a mattress and a jug. Jo- do you guys do Ghostbed ad, ad reads mm-hmm. on your show? Do one here. And tell, your, your show is uh, called Iconablast. Oh, yeah. Me, and then uh, you're on Conman as well sometimes, right? Yeah. Yeah. I do uh, Conman and Iconoblast every week. Conman is one like Iconablast is a fun kind of uh, history show. And then Con men is going to get you put on an FBI watch list.
2: Yeah, that's why con men isn't on any of the official Drinking Bros channels. <laughs> we do repost their shit all the time. I don't care. Um, see, I know. I got the. Here we go. Got the Ghostbed promo. Ghostbed has been a loyal sponsor of the Drinking Bros for five years now, and everyone here in the studio is in love with their mattresses and pillows. Ghostbed makes their high quality mattresses right here in the USA, and each mattress comes with a twenty year warranty. You can try a GhostBed mattress for 101 nights, and if you're not completely satisfied, you can return it, no questions asked. Their mattresses and pillows have cooling technology to help keep you cool at night, and you can buy a mattress for around $35 per month with no money down, 0% financing plans. GhostBed also offers bundles so you can get everything you need in one convenient package. Just choose from their four mattresses and then pick your bundle.
1: I've got one convenient package, bitch.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. So, whether you just need a mattress and a frame or you want it all, like their cooling pillows and sheets, you can always get the best bang for your buck. Right now, Ghostbed is offering a flash sale where you can get 40% off when you buy a mattress and adjustable base or 30% off of everything when you use the promo code Drinkin' Bros. So, head over to ghostbed.com forward slash Drinkin' Bros to take advantage of all their awesome deals. That's ghostbed.com forward slash Drinkin' Bros. And if you want some other awesome deals, go to the Drinkin' Bros store.
1: There's a bunch of fun shit on there now. Yeah, I've noticed that the, the merch game has stepped up a lot lately. Yeah, that's Brittany. She's running the merch store now, so. Yeah, she seems uh, to be killing it. <clears throat> yeah, she's doing well. Brought back pork of the sea. Uh, I haven't gotten one yet, but there's this new design, and it's shoot first, yeehaw later that I'm really, uh, and it's a Texas flag with a gun on it, and it says shoot first, yeehaw later. <laughs> um, so I'm looking forward to that one. <clears throat> shop.drinkerbros.com, or just go to com. you bitch um, alright Davos this uh, this meeting attendees and um, the WEF members who have attended them so since 1974 political leaders have used the annual meeting as a venue for negotiations and promoting mutual interests <clears throat> some of the previous attendees to the Davos meetings were Nelson Mandela, former U.S. Secretary of State and War Criminal Henry Kissinger. <laughs> notable piece of shit. Yeah, just a massive piece and of shit. And another
2: piece of shit, the pedophile and Duke of York Prince Andrew. Yeah. Who just recently was able to use his mom's money to pay <laughs> his way out of being in trouble for molesting a girl. I mean, I
1: guess that's better than living in your mom's basement, but not by much. Not by much. Uh, no Notable attendees of the 2021 Davos meeting include uh, President of France, Emmanuel Macron, uh, Xi Jinping from China, Secretary General of the United States, Antonio Guterres. I'm pretty sure that Justin Trudeau was there as well. Uh, yeah, so was Angela <clears throat> Merkel from Germany. Mm. Fucking cunts. Uh, the foundation is funded by its 1,000 member companies, uh, which are typically global enterprises with more than $5 billion in turnover. Uh, membership is stratified by the level of engagement with forum activities. Uh, with the level of membership fees increasing as participation in meetings, projects, and initiatives rises, to are, me this are you, sounds a, a lot you like got like to be a gold
2: member, man. Yeah,
1: yeah. this is so fucking weird. Uh, in 2011, the annual cost of membership was fifty-two thousand dollars for an individual. Or we should buy one and start showing up to these fucking meetings and just, shit, you every, just call just everybody gay, <laughs> but not like in a mean way. Not in a mean way, like oh, so we're we're gonna we're working on this new technology that's gonna digitize all of the currencies of the world like oh dude that's super gay i really like that Just i don't know <laughs> fuck with these people because they're all like completely out of touch so they would probably think you were onto something if you said it enough and kept a positive attitude about it you would start hearing like Klaus shop like oh we're looking to do more gay things <laughs> while he's rubbing his fucking leg little arms together i don't know probably dumb uh, two hundred sixty-three thousand dollars for an industry partner, and five hundred twenty-seven thousand dollars for a strategic partner. In twenty fourteen, the annual membership increased by twenty percent, bringing the cost for a strategic partner to six hundred and twenty-eight thousand. Uh, no, I don't know what it is now. Uh, yeah, the
2: six hundred twenty-eight thousand was the last publicly available number. Um, but I, I mean, I wonder if they're already having the Swiss government take care of some of their, some of their costs of running this yeah. meeting every year, where is all this money going? Cause something that's confusing about Klaus Schwab, this guy spends all of his time rubbing elbows with the richest and most powerful people on the planet, but allegedly his, his yearly income is $1 million. I do not believe that for a second. This guy has to be a billionaire. But even if you try to look up his net worth, you can't find a direct answer. in any of the uh, estimates only put him as a, a multimillionaire. Let's which- just, let's go rob that bitch, man.
0: What <laughs> fucks he gonna do? He's an
2: old
1: man. I, I want to. We need to start robbing billionaires. I know they don't carry any cash on them, so you just take their shoes. Then you should be able to pawn those for at least four or five hundred dollars. No, I don't want to pawn them. I just don't want them to have shoes. <laughs> that's <fair. laughs> see value means a lot of things and it doesn't always mean currency sometimes there's value in just doing something like if i'm it, it here if i'm depressed one day i can either spend money on drugs and alcohol right or i can spend uh and, and doing that requires time Like I have to spend time working to get that and I have to spend time getting it and I have to spend time doing it. Or I can just sit there and daydream about the time I stole Klaus Schwab's shoes and he had to walk home (laughs) like a fucking child. You know what I mean? And that would immediately make me feel better. Got them better than on your theory. mantle. That's better than two hundred fifty dollars an
0: hour to have some fucking nerd in a in a in a chair tell me what's what. Fuck I, you. I think <laughs> you're playing into Schwab's hands. That's you're not spending money, you're sitting around doing nothing. Sounds like some communist bullshit to me.
1: No, I see I, I'm spending my money on other stuff. Okay. And let's be real. There's no universe where I'm not spending money on drugs and alcohol.
0: <laughs> if anything, the drugs enhance the daydream.
1: Yeah, that's true. I would smoke DMT and think about the time I stole Klaus Schwab's shoes.
2: Uh, all right. <clears throat> so now the WEF board of trustees, which yeah. has some very, very interesting people on it. And this is only a, a small portion of it. Some of the people that I left out was like uh, Yo-Yo Ma. Is associated with him. He, He's the he head on of the, the cello department. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's first chair. Uh, somebody else, uh, Al Gore, is very closely associated with him. Uh, Jack Ma, the yeah yeah the, the Alibaba owner, yeah, yeah, that disappeared for a while <laughs> and suddenly showed up again. I think he went to a reeducation camp. That I probably, I imagine he must have. I I don't think that the government was going to let him get away with anything that they they didn't agree with.
1: Well, you don't dip out under. Duress like that, and then show back not uh, show back up not under duress and doing slightly different things. If something didn't happen in that period,
2: yeah. Well, <laughs> didn't that happen to was it a Chinese tennis player or something that yeah. accused one of their politicians of of uh, assaulting her? She's not back yet. Oh, she's not. I thought she did come back. <laughs> did no, she seem- just made a statement that she wasn't being kidnapped.
0: Yeah, on camera. <laughs> yeah, and actually, they filmed it at a bad angle, and you could see a Chinese official in the mirror, like watching her. It was like in a hotel, like a hotel, prison, one of those type of situations.
2: Yeah, it's like when those when those Taliban guys went into the news studio and they were just standing behind the reporter with rifles while he was reading a statement acting like, oh no, this isn't coerced at all. Uh, so the WEF is directed by a board of trustees consisting of high profile and influential members of corporate, political, academic, and civil society. The current Board of trustees for the WEF includes Mark Benioff Benioff is a former software developer and current CEO of Salesforce a cloud computing company founded in 1999. now uh, remember Mark Benioff for later in the episode because his uh, he was a profo- uh, proponent of software as a service mm-hmm. business model which is uh, pretty much what every software service is is doing at this point yeah. and it's surprisingly similar to the uh, the overall business plan is surprisingly similar to the goals of, of mm. the w, WEF, where yeah. everything becomes a, a service that you have to pay for on a regular basis. Right. Uh, also, in September of 2018, Benioff purchased Time magazine for $190 million. Uh, Mark Carney, a Canadian economist and banker, Carney has served as both the governor of the Bank of Canada and the governor of the Bank of England. And there's a, a lot of other bankers that are they're part of the WEF or on the board of trustees. Mm. Carney is also a former chair of the financial stability board, which is an international body that monitors and makes recommendations about the global financial system. (laughs) Prior to his governorships, Carney spent 13 years working for Goldman Sachs. Unsurprisingly.
1: Yeah. So he probably isn't gonna, you know, tailor his advice to benefit himself.
2: No, not at
1: all. Because why would you, you don't get to a position that
2: powerful without being absolutely selfless.
1: Herman Groff, Herman Groff, maybe. (laughs) As a Russian politician and businessman who served as the minister of economics and trade in Russia from 2000 until 2007, he's currently the chairman and CEO of uh, Spurbank, the largest bank in Russia. So that's probably good. Um, David Mark Rubenstein. Rubenstein is a former U.S. government official as well as co-founder and co-chairman of the Carlyle Group. That's another shady ass fucking organization. The Carlyle Group is a private equity and asset management firm that has been connected to the 2008 recession and mortgage crisis. They were one of the first people to start bundling these subprime mortgages and yeah. selling them as, as securities and shit like that. Uh, and by the way, they're still doing it. All this stuff. If you've watched that, that, uh, movie, the big short, and it's, there's some historical inaccuracies, but what they're doing insofar as, uh, subprime mortgages being bundled, and pushed off as a prime mortgage or a prime asset now, that's still happening now. There's no law that says you can't do that. <sighs> that's weird. Um, Christine Lagarde. Lagarde is a French politician and current president of the European Central Bank. In 2011, a French court ordered an investigation into Lagarde's role in an arbitration deal involving businessman Bernard Tapie. Tapie. Uh, in 2014, an investigation into Lagarde's role in the arbitration case resulted in her being convicted of negligence, but no penalty was uh, imposed.
2: Yeah, she was convicted, but no punishment for it.
1: That's not really what convicted means.
2: But,
1: um, <laughs> let's see. Last uh, on our list here is Larry Fink, somebody you've probably heard of. Uh, Larry Fink is the founder, chairman, and CEO of BlackRock Inc., an American multinational investment management corporation. BlackRock is the largest money management firm in the world with more than $10 trillion in assets under its management. Uh, BlackRock has been in the news quite a bit recently due to the billions of dollars the company is spending, uh,
0: is currently spending on purchasing single-family homes. Really which... hoping they buy mine. <laughs> I really, I, my dream is a BlackRock guy walking up being like, here's 800, enjoy.
2: Well, I hear they they. Pay like a minimum of fifty thousand over the asking mm. price.
1: Yeah. Now, why would a company that
2: that holds ten trillion
1: dollars be buying up properties like that? Uh, I mean, it's not to
2: not make money. So it's us oh, be that, clear absolutely. about that. It's it, it plays into the whole, uh, you know, their whole tagline of "you'll own nothing and you'll be happy." You're not going to be able to own a home anymore. You're going to have to permanently be a, a renter, which is one of the reasons that I think that this is just pushing us towards a, a new form of
1: feudalism. Mm. No, it certainly is. It certainly is. I mean, it's, you can call it feudalism indentured servitude is another way to say that. Yeah. Um, hang on just a sec. My fucking, the internet at this building is goddamn dock shit. I mean, it's just truly pathetic. Google, you're, you're just one of the worst companies that exists on earth. Fucking cunts. Stand by. I can't read any of my shit now because the fucking internet doesn't work. God damn it. Here we go. It'll take some time to load. Fucking cunts. Um Yeah. <clears throat> so do uh, uh the corporation also owns multiple media this is BlackRock. It owns multiple media outlets, banks, and the pharmaceutical companies Bayer, Pfizer, and Moderna. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Due to BlackRock's close relationship with central banks, the corporation has been referred to as a fourth branch of government by Bloomberg. Uh, Dozens of BlackRock employees have held senior positions in the White Houses under George W. Bush, Barack Obama, and Joe Biden. Um, Overseeing all these board members is the founder of the WEF, Klaus Schwab, who we will talk about now. Um, So on that rental thing uh it's estimated that by 2040 um the national home ownership rate is going to decline from 65% to 62% uh i think that is a is pretty low yeah um, um the home buying rate has declined by about 10 percentage points already just in our generation. Mm. So can, thinking that it's only going to decline that much more, three, 4% yeah, dropped by 3%. That yeah. And, and, and 20 years and 18 years, that's fucking, that's just not how that works. Um, but that's been a growing concern. It used to be, I think there was, a seventy eight percent home ownership rate and it's down to like sixty
0: five now. Um it's down to sixty five point five as of twenty twenty one, but up from sixty three point seven, which was the low after uh the crash mm. in the, yeah, yeah. and that was in twenty sixteen. Yeah. So it it has trended up in the last six yeah years. but that's
1: after an uh uh what would you call that uh an inorganic dip. <laughs> Because we crashed the fucking housing market. <laughs> That's a nice way to put it. Yeah. Uh, all right.
2: Now tell me about Klaus Schwab. <clears throat> he sounds like a really good guy. WEF founder Klaus Schwab is an economist and engineer who earned a doctorate in engineering from the Swiss Federal Institute of Technology in 1961. Uh, oh, uh, something, something else I forgot to mention. The head of MIT is also part of the, the WEF. Sweet. Uh, After graduating from the SFIT, Schwab went on to be awarded with a doctorate in economics from the University of Freiburg and a Master of Public Administration degree from the John F. Kennedy School of Government at Harvard University. Between 1972 and 2003, Schwab was a professor of business policy at the University of Geneva. Early in his career, Schwab served on a number of company boards, including the Swatch Group, the Daily Mail Group, and uh, and Vontobel Holding. Since founding the WEF, Schwab has faced criticism for perceived hypocrisy and corruption connected with the foundation. While Schwab publicly declared that excessively high management salaries were, quote, no longer socially acceptable, his own salary has been repeatedly questioned. His yearly salary of around 1 million Swiss francs has been scrutinized due to the amount of public contributions needed to maintain the WEF, along with the fact that the forum does not pay any federal taxes. But, like I said before, they're still mm. getting money from the government to, to help I mean, support them. The, the NFL is still a tax exempt organization, man. Let's not <laughs> pretend like it's just
1: Klaus Schwab out there.
2: Um, anyways, yeah, keep going. Uh, Schwab has also been criticized for using the WEF finances to fund for profit business ventures, such as awarding a multi million dollar, uh, dollar contract to U.S. Web in 1998. Shortly after the deal with U.S. Web went through, Schwab took a seat on the board of the company, ultimately giving him valuable stock options. So he used WEF money to broker a contract with these guys, and then he just happened to end up on on their board shortly afterwards. It's weird um, how that works. Yeah, I'm sure that's all, all totally honest. Another point of contention in Schwab's views on the role of corporations in civil society and uh, organizations in global management, along with his association with the Bilderberg group. Uh, as stated previously, Schwab believes the world is better off in the hands of a self-selected coalition of corporations, governments, and organizations, arguing that governments are no longer quote, the overwhelmingly dominant actors on the world stage, uh, which is starting to become true primarily because of people like him and all of his buddies. Mm-hmm. According to the Transnational Institute, or TNI, the WEF has, is planning to replace the current democratic model with a model where stakeholders make decisions on behalf of the people. The TNI has concluded that society is, quote, increasingly entering a world where gatherings such as Davos are not laughable billionaire playgrounds, but rather the future of global government governance. It is nothing less than a silent global coup d'etat. And part of the big bid to reshape the world in favor of groups like the WEF is something Klaus Schwab calls the Great Reset. Um, So just some of his history. Uh, His dad,
1: that identity has been hidden pretty well over the years. As a matter of fact, over the last two months, Wikipedia has removed any reference to him off of their website. Uh, And that's because his dad worked... uh, uh ran the company he was the uh the the manager of the company that made the turbines and flamethrowers for the nazis oh shit oops i kind
2: of could is, have guessed
0: is that yeah is that even controversial like he's an old german what did you think the old german's older relative did <laughs> <laughs> like- that's why
1: i don't hire any old germans <laughs> <laughs> like or so- by hugo boss for example, or deal with any Swiss company,
0: or Brazilians, yeah. Well, right, or Argentinians, Argentinians. yeah. If they, yeah. Argentinians. Either one
1: of those guys that has blue eyes. I'm like, nah, I'm not doing that. Yeah,
0: <laughs> like there's nothing that is like the least mind blowing. Someone is like, you want me to blow your mind? You want to know who started Volkswagen? Like, yeah. Well, it was around that time. So,
1: yeah. uh, Eugene Wilhelm Schwab, that's the guy's name. Uh, so, if you want gonna look him up and see what he was getting up to those days, uh, it was basically helping murder Jews. Which is, you know, I guess we're just okay with that now. Um, I think George Soros did also, didn't he? Yeah. As did the fucking former Pope, I would imagine. I mean, his, he oh, was in Hitler Youth, yeah. so shit. you got to think his parents were involved
0: in some shit, right? Yeah. Uh, Maybe. Wait, was he Austrian? I don't remember. Ratzenberger? Or, or, I don't think he was German. Oh, I thought he was German. I,
1: I, th- I, I thought he was though. German. Pope Benedict? Pope Benedict Arnold would have been better. <laughs> he even looks like a fucking yeah. He was born in oh, no, Markle, yeah. yeah. Uh, he he looks like a Nazi, doesn't he? Oh, absolutely. Fucking look at his fucking face. He man. looks like a super
0: villain. I just wanted someone. Just needs should have been like, show me your merit badges. Yeah. What did you <laughs> What did you qualify for? Yeah, he's uh, he's up to no good for sure.
1: Um. So what is the Great Reset? In June of 2020. Because I, I just, before you, before you describe all this shit, I want to remind people what the word reset means. It means go back to what mm-hmm. was there before, right? Which is something that would be, I don't know if they did that intentionally to appeal to conservatives, like make America great again, great reset. It's not really a progressive thing to say, but everything inside of it is progressive.
2: I mean, you know by, I mean? by definition, resetting is regressive. Yeah. In June of 2020, the 50th annual meeting of the WEF was titled The Great Reset, and that's also the name of a book that Klaus Schwab wrote. According to Schwab, The Great Reset consists of three core components. Number one, steering the market towards fair outcomes by facilitating a stakeholder economy. And I'd never heard of a stakeholder economy or stakeholder capitalism before, so I went down a bit of a, a rabbit hole here, but a stakeholder economy or stakeholder capitalism is a system in which corporations are oriented towards serving the interests of all their stakeholders as opposed to maximizing the profits of the shareholders. This system is a counterpoint to Milton uh, Milton Friedman's belief that the only responsibility of a business is to use its resources to increase profits for the shareholders, which is what pretty much every Mm. business runs on now. In a stakeholder economy, the business focuses on meeting the needs of all of its stakeholders, such as customers, employees, partners, the community, and society as a whole, as opposed to only the shareholders. Historically, businesses that practice stakeholder capitalism repeatedly found themselves facing a non cohesive and confusing outcome known as the garbage can model. Mm-hmm. The garbage can model describes the chaos of the decision-making process of an organized anarchy. <laughs> it's a camel, which is a horse designed by committee.
1: <laughs> like, what the fuck?
0: Why has it got those weird legs and two humps? I <laughs> have some uh, bio info on the Pope, actually, real quick. Oh, shit. His dad was actually uh, extremely anti-Nazi, and they got moved around several times because he was against Nazism, and one of, the, one of his nephews had Down syndrome mm. and uh, got sent off. Mm. Uh, so it was. Uh, they were actually not too bad as far as the as far as popes go.
1: Yeah, I never understood why he got. I mean, aside from looking like a Nazi,
0: that probably didn't help. No,
1: no, no. But uh, like, there were, he was in Hitler Youth, and like, weren't a whole lot of twelve year olds fighting back against the government back then. <laughs> <laughs> not sure what you what you expected him to do. Um, <clears throat> so this is organized chaos at the uh, in in the in governing. So in practice. The organized anarchy are characterized by the following: fluid participation. So employees vary in how much time and effort they commit to different aspects of the job, resulting in boundaries of organization continuously changing. Meaning, uh, you're not an effective cog in the wheel, so to speak. Yeah. Like you, this is uh, our cog in the engine. This is as someone who runs a bunch of businesses and has for a long time. uh, The way you treat and benefit your employees and your customers in how you monetize. Those are, those are different things, right? They're, they're not, not connected, but they're certainly different fucking uh, uh, verticals. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So for example, <clears throat> I run my business the way I run it because that's the most efficient way to run it. And because that's how I want to. Now I find people who are tailored for certain jobs inside of that business who uh, also preferably people that enjoy doing that, right? And then the benefit part comes uh, attached to that. But if the the people inside of my company that work for me decided, well, we don't like doing this anymore, like, all right, see ya. Mm -hmm. I'm not changing the company. Mm -hmm. And that's what they mean when it says uh, the boundaries continually change. In this system, the line between leader and follower is blurred leading to confusion amongst employees and further reductions in participation. And be clear, <laughs> the benefits a company uh, are, are, is able to give to its employees is a direct result of the fucking revenue that's coming in. So if there is an employee desire that's going to fuck with our revenue, then I'm not doing that. Yeah. Because you don't get to make that decision for everybody else in the company either. Right? Or me as the business owner. Yeah.
2: Anyways, continue this. Uh, Problematic preferences. The organization has no clear guidelines and follows a variety of poorly defined goals. Mm. This results in the organization operating as a loose collection of ideas as opposed to a coherent structure, causing participants to be unclear on which problems matter and which problems do not.
1: Yeah, think about uh, the (laughs) Occupy Wall Street protests. Like, they had a pretty good reason to be fucking pissed off Mm -hmm. like these assholes at the companies we mentioned earlier and some of those people we mentioned earlier did a bunch of dumb shit to make themselves money and fucked over the entire global economy they had good reason to be upset about that but there was no clearly defined goal Mm -hmm. to protest like what exactly are you protesting
2: we're the, we're the 99%. Okay, what the fuck are you protesting? What is the end state that you're working towards?
1: Yeah, like, what would make this protest stop? That's what you should be thinking about if you're
2: protesting. That's the point. Not to just protest, the fucking protest. Yeah, um, I mean, it's complaining without a solution is just whining.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, unclear technology. The organization's processes are not understood by the members uh, leading to reliance on trial and error in this model. Solely learning from accidents creates a situation where the consequences for propo- proposed solutions are unclear, creating an environment where it's difficult to solve problems that have not been encountered before. So it's just a very inefficient way to do business.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> you, It's also a business model that would have to be forced onto people. Like Business owners would not do this because their goal is to make money. That's why you started the business in the first place. is not like, yeah, I am a conscientious person. So I'm going to make sure that my employees are taken care of and that if something goes wrong, uh, the customer doesn't have to deal with it. We deal with it. Mm -hmm. That's how that works. I make that decision, though. You don't get to make that decision for me. And the only way something like this can even be implemented is by force.
2: Yeah. Anyways, continue. Uh, the system has historically resulted in problems and solutions being chaotically dumped into the titular garbage can, as there are no definitive receptacles for either complaints or ideas.
1: Mm. They all kind of just merge together. Like, you don't have a wall of ideas. Uh, James Altucher writes down 10 ideas every single day. Like, he just wakes up in the morning, and he's like, all right, I'm going to write down 10 books I want to write, or 10 books I want to read, or... 10 things I want to accomplish before I'm 60 or whatever the fuck, right? Mm-hmm. Is every day he makes a list of 10 things every single day. Um, <clears throat> but if you woke up every day and made a list of 10 ideas
2: or complaints, then like, I'm not sure how useful that's going to really be. Yeah, I mean, if you just, uh, <laughs> if you just come up with 10 problems every single day and don't put any on. effort towards trying to, you're just going to get with solution more and more depressed. Yeah. Uh, All right, so what's part two here? Uh, So part two is ensuring that investments advance shared goals such as equality and sustainability. And uh, frighteningly, equity comes up pretty often in in a lot of these WEF documents.
1: Yeah, and that's how I know they're full of shit. Because regardless of what you think about um, a global government or globalism in general, and how it might be more efficient and be able to protect more, because a lot most usually dumb ideas like this are born out of some concern for the state of humanity, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and they just kind of develop in a in a negative way because it's patricians who have no context for life; they're out of touch with it, yeah. the actual struggle. Um, <clears throat> but when they start talking about equity, then I know that it's just they're just trying to divide people, right? And they've governments all over the world, corporations, and the media have figured out that. More so than war or economic ideology or abortion or any of this other bullshit, this equity thing is the best way to put a wedge between people who will do whatever the fuck you tell them and people who are like, no, nah, I'm not doing that. And they want to get rid of, no, nah, I'm not doing that. Yeah. And this is, this is the most effective way they've found to do it.
2: It's my opinion. For this component, Schwab points to large-scale government stimulus programs such as the ones implemented by the U.S., China, Japan, and the European Commission. Uh, Schwab argues that instead of using these funds to, quote, fill cracks in the old system, they should instead be used to create a new system that is more resilient, equitable, and sustainable in the long run. This means building green infrastructure and creating incentives for industries to improve their environmental, social, and governance metrics. That's dumb, though, because wanting to create a new system that's more resilient and
1: uh, equitable is not going to be green. Not for 50 fucking years at at least.
2: Yeah, yeah. We do not have the technology to go fully green at this point without creating insane amounts of of economic problems. And it's, uh, like I was saying earlier in the episode, it's going to be the people at the the bottom of the pile that are going to get it the worst. Mm.
1: Yeah, it always is, right? Yeah. Uh, So the third priority of the Great Reset Agenda is to capitalize on what is referred to as the fourth industrial revolution. The fourth industrial revolution as a reference to the exponential advancement of technology industry and societal patterns seen in the 21st century although the term had previously been used in scientific literature schwab popularized the concept in 2015 uh, stated earlier the wfc's global changes and instability <clears throat> as an opportunity to implement large-scale changes to social and economic norms uh schwab considers a united effort to combat the COVID pandemic as an example of what society is capable of achieving uh, on a common goal. Yeah. Like how many fucking economies can we shut down?
2: If we all work together. That,
1: Yeah. The WF aims to enforce uh, uh, vaccinate as well. The WF aims to utilize disruptive events such as the 4IR and COVID pandemic to break down pre-existing institutions for the greater good of society. Anybody that ever tells you they're doing something for the greater good is full of shit. Yeah. Like, that's not a thing. Nobody does anything for the greater good. People do things for their fucking themselves and their families,
2: and that's it. Yeah, I mean, that's. I think that's one of the reasons that the concept of equity is kind of iffy and really unattainable. Because, yeah. you know, if, if you're not able to advance things for yourself and the people that you love, you're... You know, everybody else is going to be getting the same thing as you, no matter how, how mm-hmm. hard you work. There's there's no incentive.
1: Yeah. <clears throat> um, now on to uh, this little we got one little part left here, and it's some of the conspiracies that uh, WF has been involved in. So let's go ahead and tell me some of these. These are pretty fun.
2: The widespread political and corporate connections of the WEF have led some people to believe the Great Reset is part of a larger plan to implement socialist, environmental, and authoritarian policies, which honestly that it doesn't seem like a conspiracy to me. It seems like that's
1: No, that's just happening. Yeah. I mean, uh it would be harder to get away with it in the US right now. <clears throat> but Biden's laying the groundwork with this crypto bullshit. Um but seizing assets internationally and then seizing the assets of people domestically in canada that shit's already going down because they have ideological differences with you you take all their money away yeah and that's that that is you 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 do that to me you've committed an act of war and i will bring that war to your
2: fucking doorstep buddy it's gonna be even scarier if if a digital form of u.s currency starts getting enforced because that means you know if you if you say the wrong thing online they Mm. can just Switch off your money. I mean, kind of similar to the way the uh, Canadian government was freezing people's mm. bank accounts, uh, which totally makes people lose any sort of faith in those institutions. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> um. So one of the catchphrases commonly associated with the Great Reset is, you'll own nothing and you'll be happy, which was originally coined in an essay by Danish Member of Parliament Ida Aachen in 2016, which was included in a video called Eight Predictions for the World in 2030, which was produced by the WEF. Again, that's that's 2030, this very specific mm-hmm. end, end date for all of these things. Yeah,
1: the world's going to end in 2030 because of climate change. But also, we're doing stuff in 2030, and the banks are doing stuff in 2030. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's just like the Ten Commandments. It was just a nice round number. Uh,
2: (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Go ahead. In the essay, Aachen predicts that by the year 2030, nobody will own a house, car, appliances, or clothing, and instead rent everything they need. And I I can't believe that they were presenting this as a good thing. Like, this Mm. is what we're working towards, where you have to rent your clothes, that... That doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, the- Girls already do that. Do they? Yeah. What? They, like they'll rent, like rent d- d- the
0: runway. They're not.
1: It's not. Well, there are people who rent clothes, but buying clothes and then putting them back out on consignment isn't technically renting. You're just no. But there's like a, a a subscription plan where you can pick from things and send them back, almost like an original DVDs of Netflix, but with mm. like handbags and other things.
2: That's weird. Yep. Oh, really, I thought those boxes where they sent you clothes every month, you just chose which ones you wanted to keep and then. It's a little different. This is more for oh, like okay, really so high-end
1: a- stuff you can't afford. Oh, like actually okay. buy but then can wear out once or twice.
2: I mean I've rented a tuxedo to go to a wedding before, but that doesn't mean I want to do that with the fucking jeans that I'm wearing right mm-hmm. now. Uh this so- is the problem. It's not just you you're defining
1: a huge part of the problem right now. It's not just that these lunatic globalists and patricians want to control society it's that people want shit that they have to work harder for than they're currently working or work more for than they're currently working and they want it now and they're willing to surrender their fucking liberty for it fuck that yeah i'll sign themselves up for anything for it i wear the same jeans like fucking eight days in
2: a row bitch you're not gonna get me on that one anyways So the prediction made by Aachen of all products will become services is notable in relation to the WEF due to the fact that one of the board uh, members of the board of trustees, Mark Benioff, that I was mentioning early, uh, earlier, has long been a proponent of the software as a service model. Yeah. And uh, other models like that. Well, right, he's the of,
1: Salesforce CEO. So
2: yeah. obviously he's a proponent of that shit. So turning everything into something, because uh, with, with software, you you purchase a license for it. Man, most, most of it
1: now, yeah. I mean, it's, it's rare that you, for, for stuff in common usage like Salesforce or uh, Shopify that we use for e-commerce or editing things or Outlook, any Microsoft Office product, it used to be you would buy it for like 200 bucks or 300, whatever it fucking was. Now it's like you give me 160 bucks a year.
2: Yeah, and we're going to continually be updating the yeah. the software and things like that. They've done that with Photoshop mm-hmm. and Final Cut and pretty much any of the major major programs that you need on a computer to run a business, they're yeah. they're turning those into services as opposed to licenses that you purchase once and then you have access to their their software cuz yeah. I think it hasn't been since the 80s that you actually own any software that you buy you're purchasing a license to use it and they yeah, can yeah revoke yeah. that at any yeah. time but now they they just want a, a monthly it's mm. like a subscription yeah i mean it's just digital feudalism that's all it is yeah uh, the essay by Aachen also predicts mass surveillance where every move is tracked and dissidents are forced to live outside of cities splitting society into two distinct groups dude i'm fucking down with that shit right <laughs> i don't give a fuck about <laughs> living in the city Well that's already kind of happening
1: yeah Uh, The theories go much deeper, but the ultimate out... And by the way, these are excerpts pulled from the fucking, uh, from a video and book, or a video and essay that were done by the World Economic Forum. Yeah. This isn't like some dude on fucking weird websites, like, oh, the Daily Stormer or something like, oh, they're coming to get us, or whatever. (laughs) It didn't come from InfoWars. No. Uh, This is like... Well, I mean that would probably be accurate, actually. But yeah. uh, this is this is directly from the mouths of these assholes. Um, the theories go much deeper, but ultimate outcomes seem to be thinly veiled form of feudalism. Uh, no private ownership of assets such as homes or businesses. Once again, placing all the power in the hands of the ruling class. And by the way, I've said this before on this show, but. Uh, owning a home and the equity you build in it, that's the most wealth that most middle-class people make in their lifetimes is the equity in their home. And that's one of the indicators of generational wealth too. That's something you can pass on. And it's not not just a matter of you not owning the car you drive or whatever else. It's it's not even a matter of you not owning the house you live in if you're a renter. It's a matter of you not being able to fucking go upward ever again.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Like ever again. And what they want to do is devalue currency, right? Now currency isn't how how hard you can work or how smart you can be and make enough money to buy what you want. Now it's how fucking good can you be to me, the ruling class, and I'll give you this shit in return. That's what it becomes.
2: That's the ultimate goal of devaluing a a currency.
1: I think it's their ultimate goal because they want to be in control of everything from social life to financial life. They want to be in control of all of it. And, ultimately currency becomes irrelevant at that point. It doesn't matter how much money you have Mm -hmm. because the the money's value is only in what it can buy, right? Yeah. Currency only matters because of what you can buy. If you're going to own nothing and be happy, then you're not going to have any money either, which means your currency will then be obedience. That's how you buy things.
2: It'd be like a social credit score. Yeah. Well, it'll
1: be worse than a social credit score. Mm -hmm. (laughs) A social credit score can be implemented right now to be honest
2: uh china's been doing something yeah. similar to that already
1: but i'm talking about like ancient roman patronage that type of feudalism hmm. where you can't there's no chance of you getting rich unless I, my this fucking dude this is, uh, uh what do you call it legatus tells you you can yeah you know what i mean yeah, like you beg him in- to give you fucking stuff and then you do some dirty shit for him he doesn't want to do and then maybe t- uh your grandkid becomes a legatus yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, that's you're how it works. Born
2: into a class, and generally you don't move out of that right. that class. That not without the, something
1: extraordinary happening.
2: Yeah, that's that's always been one of the strengths of uh, I mean Western society in general is the the upward mobility of it. it mm. You're much more likely in the the current system that we have. You're much more likely to be able to move up in the social structure as opposed to any other form of governance.
1: We're the only country in the world, I, in my opinion, that uh, or not anymore so much. I guess, but we were for a long time, the only country in the world where that was a distinct possibility for anybody.
2: Yeah. Uh, but
1: now yeah. We're
2: fucked. what's, what's really interesting about that is that's, that's like out of the course of all of human history. This is something that has mm-hmm. just started recently yeah. where people can actually have some sort of upward mobility. They weren't born into a specific class and die in a specific class outside of, you know, really rare circumstances where Something lucky happened to them. They were able to move up. Yeah. It's, uh, I mean, for for the first time in human history, that's actually Mm -hmm. a possibility for people. And it's only been around for a couple hundred years at this point. Well,
1: it's not going to be around much longer. Yeah, we're already Because BlackRock is buying every fucking property in America. Like, literally, they're going to own all the property in America. And then, uh, you know, well, I mean, honestly, that's fine. I'm glad that it's just one organization doing it because... That's only one head to cut off.
2: Oh, I think Vanguard's doing it also.
1: Vanguard, but to a lesser degree. Yeah. BlackRock I
2: mean, is, is definitely the biggest yeah. at this point. And the
1: good news is, and we learned this from the Roman Senate. If you cut off enough people's heads, everybody else goes home. <laughs> so, uh, this is a good show.
2: Sig Simpertyranus.
1: Yeah. This is a good show. Uh, elucidated a lot of weird shit that's going on. Uh, not so much so you can stop it just so you'll know when the war breaks out. Why? Yeah. Uh, and we'll see you in hell.